0: Retro Rebel Gamecast Episode 69, Giggity, is brought to you by TempleOfGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleOfGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released every Friday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda.
1: Hello. 60 bloody nine episodes. Good Lord, we've got no life. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just like to think that we're dedicated.
1: Yes, dedication, that is the word.
0: Dedication. Absolutely. To you, the listeners, and really, just because this is fun.
1: Yeah, I agree. What else am I going to do on a Sunday?
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And see, today, uh, since by the time this is released, it will be a week away from that, but today... Uh, is, I guess, fall backwards time-wise. So I guess uh, this is when the clocks get rolled mm-hmm. backward.
1: For you, not for me.
0: For me, yeah.
1: Bizarre period of time where you and I are only six hours apart instead of seven. Right.
0: All right. <laughs> Just for two weeks so, out of the
1: year, I'm that much closer.
0: Let's see... And, and I mean, it doesn't make sense geographically, it doesn't make sense any other way, but I'm, we're not here to make that make sense. This is a gaming podcast. So.
1: <laughs> Speaking of gaming.
0: That's right. Speaking of gaming. So what have you been playing?
1: Um, let's see. You know what? I haven't played much. I'm still finishing Halo with my brother. Uh, last time we checked up, uh, we were going through Halo 4, I think. Uh, we're halfway through Halo 2 now. And uh yeah I haven't I haven't loaded up the old dinosaur game this week cuz it's been no it's been a busy week. I'm uh, did I did I tell you I'm doing a beauty course?
0: <laughs> you did not?
1: Yeah, I'm doing a level 2 college certification in manicures, pedicures and facials, which is just the most bizarre weird extracurricular activity to do. But uh yeah, I I I'm <laughs> doing adult advanced learning for fun i mean these for things fun yeah i don't i, I mean look it, i suppose i could fall back on it on, as a career should marketing ever dry up but fat chance of that happening so you know funsies <laughs> <laughs> so but unfortunately nice. that means that i now have homework and stuff to do and uh you know it's uh and you
0: did that on your own like voluntarily
1: yeah, well, my friend sort of talked me into it, but it didn't take much cajoling. You know, I like nails, as it were, so, you know.
0: Fair enough. Skills,
1: life skills.
0: Exactly. You know, people dig people with skills.
1: And I take it, you're. Are you still playing Spider Man? or You beat it last time.
0: I I beat I beat Spider Man I, I I got about I think I finished eighty seven percent of the content in the first first go through. Uh, that's like, which is yeah, that's pretty good
1: for you. Well, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> let me, for me, it's pretty good for me, for someone who is not a completionist and doesn't really care about collecting everything. This was just a lot of fun, and so uh, I enjoyed going and doing all the side quests. It feels very seamless. Only every now and then when you have to do like a specific scenario or a specific quest, it'll change it from night to day. And so there's a bit of a loading period, you know? So if you were like in the middle of the day and this quest takes is a night quest and, and it makes sense in the context, then it will stop everything. It, it shows a, the city, it shows New York city, and then it shows it going from day to night. And then it comes back to your character and you're, you know, you're in the specific setting. So, um, That's the only time it really takes you out of it. Every other, every other time, for the most part, it's just a part of the game. Like, I mean, you, you're swinging along another, you know, you hear a distress call or you see a red uh, exclamation point, which is a crime being committed and you kind of see it off to the side. So you just swing over there and do it and then get back up (laughs) and start swinging. Towards your actual I mean, course,
1: can we so. just talk for a second about how you were just casually like, someone's doing a crime. Better go over there. <laughs> like...
0: A cr- crime is happening. Crime is happening there. So you. <laughs>
1: I mean, I feel like we need to get to the point in the world where that's not something we're just like, oh, just another day, another crime.
0: Let me just whip over here, another crime. <laughs> yeah, this. I mean, it's just another bank robbery or a high speed chase through the city of New York. I mean, or
1: that's not reality. That stuff doesn't happen gunfight. every day. Like.
0: <laughs> I'm, I mean, it happens every day in Spider Man.
1: I feel bad for Spider-Man.
0: Multiple times a day. I I do too, but I mean, how else is he supposed to get all those sweet outfits?
1: Well, look, you know, in the quest for cool clothes, (laughs) crime must happen.
0: (laughs) Crime pays.
1: (laughs) In outfits.
0: So, (laughs) for outfits, yeah, I don't know where that came from. I think I haven't had my coffee yet. He doesn't wear, says costume, not his outfit. Is there anything wrong with it being an outfit?
1: No. It, it is an outfit by definition, so it's fine. Don't worry.
0: Okay. By definition, all right. We're gonna go, with, go it. with it. We're gonna go with it. I'm gonna. I'm sticking to it. So I'm in the in the DLC now with um, which is a Black Cat DLC, which I think we may have discussed how what a hack what a hack job it was just to put Black Cat as the Catwoman of Marvel in Marvel at all. I mean, they literally do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. As each other, so. Um, but anyway, it's kind of interesting. It's it's been a pretty. Uh, it's kind of funny because there is a history with Black Cat and Spider Man in the comic books, where they had. I think. I mean, they had a romantic history,
1: mm.
0: and in the game, you know, you basically are reconciling your relationship with MJ pretty much the whole time. Um, it just. Uh, uh, you know, one of the cool things is is it. This game picks up. Like well into Spider-Man's career as a superhero, and so he's you know he's kind of all of these villains are old hat. Uh, he tried the relationship with MJ and it didn't work because he was constantly pulled in multiple directions and never really, um, never really brought her along or, or uh, because of the nature of her job, they weren't really in opposition. I mean, she's a reporter. And he's, you know, a superhero, but also was a reporter for a while. He used to work for J. Jonah Jameson like he did in the comics, but now he's doing scientist stuff. Um, but they just couldn't get their lives to mesh. And so in this game, they're trying to bridge that gap and get back together. So in the DLC, when Black Cat comes back, um, she, MJ knows. And there's, I don't know, there's, it's kind of catty. You can tell that every now and then Spider-Man uh, will say her name. And MJ kind of bristles. You can tell that she doesn't really like the fact that she's back and that she's kind of toying with Spider-Man. Because um, every time that she shows up, um, Spider-Man can't get to her because there's like some kind of barrier or something. But she'll flirt with him and then she she escapes. So anyway, it's funny. It's been it's been fun so far. You're, it's more of the same, which to me is really good.
1: So, Hell yeah! Well, I'm glad that it. you've been playing something because I've yeah. you know. I've been lax this week. I've been lax.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, there there are weeks like that. Sometimes you got to learn about your nails.
1: You do. I learned about some medical conditions that I wish I didn't know existed. I'll tell you that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that that already sounds disturbing oh, and alarming. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which which seamlessly segues <laughs> us to the gaming news. Oh, uh, um, <laughs> I can't wait. So there's. There are some uh, there are some really pretty good uh, news stories out there right now. Uh, a big thing this weekend was BlizzCon. So BlizzCon's this weekend. Uh, I think it's wrapping up today, or maybe it wrapped up yesterday. I know that there is uh, World of Warcraft Championships right now that are going on, um, and they may be happening in conjunction with, or maybe elsewhere, but at the same time as BlizzCon. But lots of news out of out of uh, BlizzCon. Uh, I, I like to categorize it this week as the good, the bad, and the ugly of BlizzCon. <laughs> and I know that you've got something in particular you want to talk about, but I think I've I've labeled that the ugly. Okay. So we will get to start. that.
1: Yeah.
0: Third, yes. So we're going to start with the good. Uh If you are a fan of Blizzard, if you're a fan of uh, all things Blizzard and Warcraft, uh, there there are a few really pretty cool stories. So number one, Warcraft three. Uh, Reforged is coming out. Uh, basically, they took Warcraft three, and they—I mean—they rebuilt the entire game. I mean, their new cinematics, which are now up to date with the cinematics from World of Warcraft, which is awesome. Uh, you can catch all those on YouTube right now. And uh, if you if you missed it or weren't able to make it to BlizzCon, so they've and they've remastered and 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 retooled, re redone every single character model. Um, I mean, it just really looks good. So, you know, everyone has to remember that this is where this was the lifeblood of Blizzard. This is kind of how they got their, you know, got got their start. Uh, it was Warcraft and then it was Diablo, but still they were, they were kind of separate entities and, and they weren't a massively, uh, you know, a massive company at that time. I mean, th- this is where they started their, uh, you know, their journey. And so, this is a lifeblood. This is, they're getting back to their roots and, uh, and it looks really good. So, um, I I think I'm, I actually may pick this back up just because it's been so long since I played it and, and, uh, and, and it was such a good game. It was what got me started and my love for, for Warcraft in general and World of Warcraft, why I even play it was based in this game. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, for World of Warcraft news, they've announced a number of new races uh allied races that you're going to get to play with or choose or you could roll new characters uh and so that's been pretty cool that stuff if you've been if you've been tracking um lots of the uh, the youtubers and people who are big into uh digging into the ptr data and and, in the betas they've called all this already but it's kind of cool to see it's official now um And uh, I'm not going to go into it here. I'd I'd encourage you to go check it out because, I mean, we could do a whole show just on that stuff, and that's (laughs) not what you're here for. Uh, But the last good news, uh, I guess, coming from BlizzCon, uh, was uh, there was a cinematic called Lost Honor. And uh, if you've been following with this expansion, one of the big or one of the key points has been the Horde has lost their way. They've lost their honor. They've got a leader who's, doing dishonorable things in Sylvanas and she's making terrible choices and and everybody in the horde is kind of up in arms because they're kind of forced to follow. Now Saurfang, who is, uh, Varok Saurfang is, is one of the oldest of the orc leaders. Uh, he's been there since the third war, Warcraft three. He, uh, has made a lot of really bad choices, but over the course of the, you know, since the Third War, he's done nothing but try to regain his honor. And uh, there have been a couple, or three, two or three cinematics with Saurfang that have illustrated his frustration with the Horde. And he he's kind of voicing many people who are who rolled Horde characters. He's voicing their opinion. He's kind of their uh, their avatar, really. Um, and something that's really cool is it it looks like. Here in this next major patch, that they're going to give Horde players a choice for the first time in in Warcraft and or in WoW, they're going to give Horde players a choice, and that's going to give them an opportunity to pick Sylvanas or disobey a direct order from, from Sylvanas to kill Saurfang and side with Saurfang. So basically, that means that you you will have become a traitor, and and the Horde will faction into two. Basically yeah. there will be three factions. There will be the Alliance, there will be Sylvanas' horde, and then there will be Sourfang's horde.
1: Which we talked um, about last week because I was like, that doesn't make much sense. Like from a lore perspective it does, but right. from a community perspective it doesn't.
0: Right. I what what I think is gonna happen though, and, and this is I guess it's because I don't really play horde uh exclusively. It's not even it's not my main, so I don't really I don't see it as big of an issue. And and that was something you said last week too, that hordes already a smaller subset, you know, they're the smallest of the two sides and then to further divide it doesn't seem very wise. Um, and and you're probably right. And so I'm going to suspend all of this, all the rational stuff and just talk about the lore. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) I'm just going to pretend like all that stuff is fine and it's going to work out the way it's supposed to. Um, but with with this decision what i think is going to happen are the people who who are siding specifically with sylvanas out of loyalty will see hopefully uh, because they're going to bring both horde sides back together again and i have a feeling that sarfang is probably going to end up leading them and i think that sylvanas is eventually going to become just like a a a, a world npc she's not i don't think they'll kill her i think that she'll I think that she'll escape. Uh, she'll leave. She may even take a lot of her forsaken with her. Um, but I, I think that they will drive her from the horde. But I still think that there's something bigger that they haven't announced yet. Because there's a reason why Sylvanas is acting the way she right. is. So, it, and, and they haven't really been clear about that. And most of most of the podcasts and most of the the interviews that I've read, they're not really touching on that. There's something bigger still that is is driving her that makes sense because she was selected for a reason by Volgin. so and and i still have faith that 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 is it's maybe they took a step backwards to go forward he knew that this is the only way maybe it was a dr strange moment he knew he just knew this was the only way so Anyway, so that that's exciting and and it's cool if nothing else because you finally get to make a choice in the game that has an effect, you know, which which is interesting and a nice segue to our actual topics today because that is something that we will talk about in our game trips, um, or I will anyway. So that was the good, the bad. They added something to uh, to StarCraft Two that just kind of seems useless, and so. I, I would include that in the bad. I'm not even really going to go into it because I think it's I, I, I don't think it's really worth mentioning much. So I'm going to lump bad and ugly altogether with the last announcement. I'll let you go ahead and take that one.
1: Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I think you'll be surprised at my perspective, actually. Um,
0: I, I, I probably will be. But but uh, and that's good. We need civil discourse. <laughs>
1: So I'm I'm sure anybody who's been watching the news at all uh, out of BlizzCon will know that the latest Diablo game is going to be mobile only. Which I'm fine with, and I have a reason. Okay, I think the backlash was mostly due to the audience at BlizzCon at the time. And not necessarily due to the fact that people wouldn't want a Diablo mobile game. I think the type of people who tend to go to BlizzCon in these events are PC master race, right? And that's fine. You know, like uh, I think you can make a very strong argument that PC is the master race. Fine. <laughs> However, I feel like in order to make Diablo accessible to everyone it was a smart move to try to make a mobile experience now who knows whether or not it's going to be good or a cash grab or whatever but i think if people move away from the fact that diablo started on pc and it's one of the like oldest pc games and blah blah betrayal blah i feel like having a diablo game on mobile is good for the gaming community. I feel like they should make a Diablo PC console game. They should do all that definitely. And I don't think this game is intended to be. A successor to Diablo 3 or anything like that. I feel like. It's a good move. For a. Community that. Wants to game more. And wants to have more serious games. Outside of the home. And I feel like most of the gaming community would welcome that, would welcome if someone was finally able to make a mobile gaming experience that is just as good as the type of experience that you would get on a more serious media. Right. That's my opinion. Yeah. Like I know all of the reasons why people are mad and I get it. And I think a lot of it has to do with the type of audience that was there when the announcement was made. I feel like if they had done a standalone um, press type release and hadn't done it in the forum that they did directly in front of people who are going to kind of be predisposed to be against the idea anyway, it would have went down differently. And I think if we discourage um, good in relative terms, good game companies from making better games on mobile, then we're always going to have these cash grabby, time weighty sort of crap games on mobile. And you're never going to have anything that is worth playing on your phone. So I feel I'm of two minds. I feel like they should have said that this is not, the successor to the pc games that this is you know its own franchise and you know something that they want to make accessible and stuff i feel like they didn't have a very strong presence they had a very uncharismatic person explaining this and it could have went better but (laughs) i feel like i will download and try it you know because because my lifestyle is suited to mobile right now, more than it is anything else. Obviously it depends on some factors, if it's online only and all this sort of stuff, I feel like that might preclude me because I'm underground and you know, I really can't play online games underground. Um, But I probably would download and play it at the gym and things like that. So I feel, I don't know, what's your perspective? I'm sure you're probably a bit disappointed. But- I well
0: I went both ways. Like when I heard it I was disappointed because I was like, well that's not me. I, that's not my market. If it's not a game that I can kind of not pay attention to while I'm playing it like Hearthstone, which has gotten me beat a lot of times. I then I can't really play it on mobile just because it's I if I'm playing it that way then I'm probably doing two or three things at the same time. So <clears throat> it just doesn't really lend itself to to I'm not in that market really. Uh, so the first, my first reaction was, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed, but then the more I thought about it and I tried to be objective, I could definitely see the PC master race getting mad because like you said, all of the reasons, the, the uncharismatic, uh, uh, presentation, the, or the lackluster uh, rollout of it. And then the fact that really the, the core of blizzard's audience, uh, I would say, Well, that may not even be fair either anymore. I would say the 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 diehard and this goes for pretty much anything, whether it be the PS Vita or, you know, the the Nintendo, you've got your diehard fans that are going to be fans no matter what. And they're probably also not going to be happy with pretty much anything. And so those people are going to be mad no matter what. Uh, but those people also will all, will kind of buy everything. I guess when it, when it comes down to it, Blizzard has always, in my opinion, been one of those companies that release things when they were done, which is unheard of. They don't give you, they don't give you a date. They just tell you, they also, they were like, this is going to be a highbrow (laughs) comparison. Um, Gerber baby food. Okay. They own, they own a supplement company. Uh, EAS. EAS uh, was one of the older supplement companies. They've been around for a long time. They used to have this competition called Body for Life. When EA was bought by Gerber, Gerber, obviously they make baby food, so they're pretty much high quality standards uh, because they're releasing food that babies eat. So uh, very strict standards. They stripped EAS of pretty much all the products they were making and they left them with like three or four products, but they were all very high quality products. And because of that, they're still a super successful, uh, very respected uh, uh, supplement company because they they do things the right way. Their supplements actually do work. They don't release anything that is not backed by research. and And then they stand by their products. And so it's like, if you buy an EAS product, you know what you're getting. The same thing could have been said for Blizzard. Blizzard had like three properties, and every one of them was such high quality that they were pretty much unapproachable in terms of, like, criticism. Like, uh, Diablo, the biggest criticism wasn't that it was a fantastic game, it was the DRM and kind of the bullcrap that they were trying to pull with their auction house. Um, With Warcraft, I mean, that they've continued to innovate World of Warcraft, you know, and, and that's why they're still... Ten times the players playing World of Warcraft after almost fifty, or you know, going on fourteen years. Is this fourteen years? Yeah, fourteen years of World of Warcraft, uh, which is just unheard of in a in an MMO to have over a million people still playing this game, um, when it was as high as ten million. And so I feel like maybe some of that crowd was getting disappointed because they're starting to divert into other areas. Well, may- maybe they weren't as they had no presence. Uh, mobile games have a lot of negative connotations, including you know the fee to fee to play uh, or the, the you know and and so there's going to be microtransactions and and that just has a negative that puts a negative taste in in my mouth personally because I'm like well I don't I don't want a game that I feel like I have to you know that I have to I'd rather just buy the game and play it. Uh, then, then play it and feel like I'm constantly going to have to. It's going to drip, dry. You know, it's going <laughs> to take money from me slowly over time, and and I and but not just a little bit. It's a lot. You know, it's it's constantly going to. I don't know. It's just it feels like it's against what Blizzard used to stand for, like being upfront with everything. Anything that has microtransactions to me usually has some sort of negative backdoor hidden agenda. And, and uh, you know, it's not just about the games or putting out something good. It's why I'm a little skeptical about Fallout 76, but I give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Activision Blizzard has shot themselves in the foot a few times already, uh, especially <laughs> with, you know, publishing the algorithm uh, to get people to to spend money online, you know.
1: Yeah. And
0: so... You know, so I don't know that I've lost. I think I've lost a little faith in in Activision Blizzard of doing the right thing and and having you know the proper motives with this mobile game, uh, and, and I think that's where maybe some of the frustration came from. Some of it may just be you know unhinged fans that are that are going to be mad for no or for any reason. Uh, but that's that's I guess that's my stand my stance on it. I, I just. Mobile games, free to play games, uh, especially Diablo, which is a, you know, it's a, I just don't know how you do that on, I don't know how you play any game like Fortnite well, where, you know, it's an action adventure or a dungeon crawler. I don't know how you play those games well on your mobile phone.
1: On mobile, I have no idea, but I. You know what, for once, I feel like I'm interested in trying, yeah. you know, like, I'll, I'll give it I'll give it a look and see, you know, see, see what it's about. You know, I feel like I want a full experience is, is the best way I can say it. And I feel like that might be one way to get it is, is to play a real legit title that's been released solely for that platform. Like they must've thought of this and I'm going to be really curious to see how it, you know, how it actually works when it comes out. So you know, I, I probably will try it. Why not? You know?
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's, I think that's good. And I'm glad that, you know, it's good to have those two opinions and I'm glad that you did see it a little differently because I'm going to wait and see. And, and uh, you know, whenever it comes out and you've downloaded it, um, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, revisit this topic and uh, you can tell us how it is so that I can make the choice to uh, play it or not, because I definitely can't make my own choices. All right. So the next, <laughs> the next topic is, uh, well, there's, a, there are a couple other things and I mean, these are just line items. So if you have anything you want to add, um, I think you may have something to say about this. We kind of talked about Henry Cavill as, as a uh, girl, the witcher, um, but I, I didn't know if you had any other thoughts now that we've had a chance to see him.
1: I haven't seen it. Oh
0: no, I, you like, haven't. Have
1: I been under a rock?
0: Oh my goodness! Yes, Where have I been? you were going to have to go. Okay, so uh, Netflix released like a teaser trailer with him in in the full costume. Oh
1: snap! Yeah, I I didn't know that. I will. I, I won't look at it right now. Okay. But I will. I will. I mean.
0: Who knew? Well, I thought that you would know, at least. Um, I'm thought.
1: i telling you, I've been under a rock. Yes, you have. Where have I been?
0: Well, you have to check that out. So everybody has been cast, and they have, uh, you know, so there are a couple websites and a couple YouTube videos that have a picture of the actual cast member and who they were casted as from the game. So you can kind of get a side-by-side view of of, uh, all the characters. And for those people that haven't read the books, I actually was interested in going and and buying one of the books just so that I could get more of the backstory. But you can correct me if I'm wrong. From what I understand, pretty much all you need to know about the games, you can find out in the games like you don't need to go read the books. Um, If you're a big fan of it, I've heard that the games are actually better than the books. But again, that's that's just that's just the word on the on the street.
1: Well, I mean, it it is like, I think, Polish source material. So I think some things are probably lost in translation
0: now. Right. Yeah. And it was written in a different language and maybe the translation, literal translation is different. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I I mean, it kind of deterred me. Also, it kind of deterred me because I couldn't really tell when are you supposed to start reading because there are a number of books and, and um, it doesn't really say, well, I mean, I'm sure that there is an actual order but I don't think that it's like a linear story. I think it's like a collection of stories. And so even if one thing may happen before the other, it's not really clear. So anyway, so you'll have to check that out. See Henry Cavill in his, in his, uh, in his platinum long hair. Um, It looks cool. He looks really cool and he has no beard. Uh, So they're definitely not going the Witcher three route. I think they're going, you know, back to the beginning. (laughs) <laughs> um And then uh, I have one Star Wars uh, bit of news. Uh, this is an EA game, so take it with a grain of salt as to what it's going to be. But Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is supposed to be released next year. I have found nothing about it, really, uh, other than it's supposed to be an action-adventure game. So... Um, you know, it could be. I mean, that you would. I would assume there's a bit of a story involved in that. Uh, maybe more than what they did in Battlefront. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. Have you heard anything about this game?
1: No. I'm, more of the same I'm, rock. I'm failing right now. I'm so sorry. I'm like <laughs> such a failure. My well, water.
0: that's okay. I, well, then this this will also be news to you. Then. Well, but, I mean, there's not a whole lot on that game, so that's okay. Um, but it is interesting. It's supposed to come out next year, so I'm looking forward to it. I, I still have Battlefront. I've just never loaded it, like I said, uh, and I didn't pay for it, so I still feel I still that is a point of pride for me. Um, but also didn't steal it. So, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: but uh, the last little bit of news. I, I since since you weren't aware of that, you may not be aware of this either, and you may this may excite you. Um, Titanfall three is also rumored to be released next next year. So Titanfall two did oh not do gosh, well, I can't wait. but it was a good game. I
1: liked it. Yeah. yeah critically, it was uh, it was
0: critically acclaimed. It was, it was, um, I mean, it, it scored really well and it was scored well with fans. It just didn't do well commercially. I mean, they didn't make a lot of money. They didn't sell a lot of copies. It came out at a really bad time. I don't know which episode that is, but you can go back and find it. We discussed that pretty much at length. Um, but, I mean, it's good news that a good game is going to get a, a sequel to it, even though it wasn't as successful, you know. So, so that's exciting. All right. So, that brings us to our topic of the show, which is, get this out of our games. Uh, tropes that just shouldn't be, or mechanics that are stupid, annoying, frustrating, uh, that just have no business um, being in the game. So... Uh, I, I know that we probably both, we can go back and forth and and kind of do it that way because I've got a list of them here too, so, um, but if you want to, you, you can go ahead and start if you've got one that you're ready to, to share.
1: I'm ready. Okay, so let me put some context in. So this is either game mechanics or like in-game kind of tedious stuff that, might be like a mission or something like that. So it's either like a whole mechanic or something that you have to do. That's part of, uh, like a mission or a quest or whatever. That's, that's just is too realistic to the point where you're questioning what you spend in your time doing. Right. So most of mine are game mechanics because I just, I have some big pet peeves in this regard. And the first one is going to be comfort meters, right? I am not playing a game to be tired, sick, hungry, (laughs) thirsty, or any of those other things. Like, I can suspend disbelief and believe that the character is capable of taking care of its own bloody basic human or non-human needs. (laughs) I don't think that it adds anything to the game outside of very specific survival genres. But even then, most of the time, it's really, really overboard right. where they just they go too far down that route. I think um, We Happy Few is one of the good examples where that nearly killed or in, in some people's case did kill the game experience is, is you know, having these uh, this the sanity meter um, sort of thing. And when you pop the pills everything was fine but then it's like decreasing returns and it becomes something that you're obsessed with sorting out all the time and you're not enjoying the story and i think that's why comfort meters is my first one on the list of just 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 get out of the game it really detracts from the story
0: nice okay and so yeah and so you gave a good example i haven't played that game but i could definitely relate. I know that's not it's not exclusive to that particular game. One that bothers me, it's very frustrating and it's uh, I haven't really experienced it in very many games this specifically, but uh, one of the things that just really bothers me because it's just a little too realistic are day-night cycle quests. So basically mm-hmm. day or night cycle quests where you have to perform a particular quest at a particular time. Which is fine. I'm okay with you having to do a quest at night that's specific at night, and so you have to wait and do it, and the game has... The problem is is when there's no way to cycle to day or night, or it happens in real time. So I think Shin, Shin is one of these games uh, where you actually have to wait until uh, nighttime or daytime to actually do particular quests, and there's not really any good uh, time effective or time efficient way of getting to that point. So you kind of just have to wait. Um, and it's kind of, it's a small thing, but it's a real thing. And it's like, well, if, if we need to do that, let me just go to bed and it'll be nighttime. And then I can get up and I can do it. And that takes you like just a few minutes. Um, and maybe at that same time you can save your game, which you typically do when you go to, you know, go to wherever your rest site is, you save it. You also recover any stamina or hit points or whatever. So you can kill two birds with one stone and then go do the quest. But if I have to actually wait real time, like we got to wait every, you know, eight hours is 20 minutes. Uh, I just, (laughs) it's ridiculous. You know, that's, um, I get it. It's, it's immersive. It's also, in my opinion, stupid. So that's my first one.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I hate that as well. <laughs> okay, uh second one is severe item degradation. Yeah. Now, I can tolerate item degra- degradation. I can tolerate needing to collect resources and repair your weapon every once in a while, and I think that does add to the realism. However, are you bloody telling me that you would go out there with a hatchet that is going to break the first time that you hit someone with it. Like, that is (laughs) insane. Like, that just doesn't happen. Right. I've owned a couple. I've hit lots of people with hatchets,
0: and they've never broken And
1: I've never bloody seen that happen in my life. So I just really feel like when it's part of the game mechanic where it happens all the time, that that just isn't realistic. It just, it really isn't realistic. I think if they want to use that mechanic, it should be... Like a dice roll in the background where once every 400,000 sword slashes, it breaks upon impact. And you have no warning. You know what I mean? It just adds to the surprise and realism of the setting. The fact that you can literally watch at every single hit your sword get crappier and crappier and crappier and crappier. crappier. (laughs) What fun is that? Yeah. I don't know. I really hate that. Any game that has it, I've pretty much just quit playing.
0: Now have you can you think of one off one other one off, off the top of your head? Because I have one that's that is absolutely does this. And it's the worst.
1: I mean uh, <laughs> Breath of the Wild is famous there you, for there this, you go. I've not even played it. I've not that's even gonna played say, it.
0: That well I, I have and it, it, is it is annoying. I bet that is, you know that that is, it is annoying. It doesn't. It's, it's 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 really bad. It's it's and it's really unnecessary. I get it. Again, and most of the people that have played the game, they, they apologize for that. And, and, you know, they, you know, they still, it's not a, you know, it's not a deterrent to them for me. That game was so expansive and, and, and that was just another one of two super annoying things that you had to do. Uh, The other one being the, the stamina meter, which is what I'm going to get to. That's, that's going to be my next one. Uh, Since that's a nice little segue, segue there stamina meters that, that unnecessarily inhibit your ability to perform and do certain things. Like I'm okay with you only having a limited sprint if it's like a vital component or a vital game mechanic. However, when, when you have to run from A to B and that's the only way you can get there and there's, there's no advantage to not being able to sprint, you know, it's like, it's not like a game breaking mechanic where i'm able to outrun everybody by you know 8 minutes and and make sure that nobody can catch me and they're not even on the map anymore you're not running from anybody i should be able to run as fast as i can for as long as i want to to make sure i get there because it's it there's nothing preventing me from being able to do that this is already a game where i can hijack a helicopter and jump off the you know the the statue of liberty and parachute I should be suspend my disbelief a little bit more and let me sprint as far as I can in GTA. So just let me do that. Or don't give me this stamina meter when I'm climbing up a wall that also is affected when it rains and it rains all the time in breath of the wild. And then you go to climb and then it makes the the side of the rock face slippery. So that makes it even harder. And that's making your stamina meter go down even faster because I'm having to continue to, I slip and I have to climb back up. I slip, then I run out of energy, and then I fall all the way down. It's that is just infuriating. It was, you know, and it's it's a small it it is a good game for every other reason, but those are two really big things: uh, the stamina meter, the, the item degradation, uh, that were really bad about uh, Breath of the Wild. And you should be able to sprint as far as you want to in GTA.
1: Right. I agree, and you know what I think about that. And the the game that has the worst stamina meter to me is For Honor.
0: Oh, you can yeah, literally
1: yeah. only swing your sword yeah. maybe eight times before you can't swing a it anymore. Little too realistic. I refuse to believe that somebody who is a lifetime soldier <laughs> can only swing their sword eight times.
0: I mean, I wasn't back there. I wasn't alive then. But I'm going out on a limb.
1: I bloody... I I don't believe it. It's so upsetting.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have another one?
1: Yep. I've got... Look, trust me. I was ready for this. Ready for this. My last one is... Good. (laughs) My last one is... Bartering with shopkeepers. Nice. Okay. Now, I mean this in two different ways. One, the like trying to charm or whatever, and getting a reduction in price. Yeah. That's not, that's insane. When has that ever happened in your daily life? Like it's supposed to be a realistic thing, but when are you doing that? Like, are you just going to the shop and be like, hi, um, I'd like to pay half price. How do you feel about that?
0: Right, (laughs) You know, like
1: it doesn't happen. So it's like a realism mechanic, that actually isn't that realistic. Outside of maybe like Chinatown or like a bazaar or something like that, bartering is not a thing that we do in Western society anyway. It just makes me like awkward.
0: Well, we should. So, we should, be, I don't, we should bring yeah, back bartering.
1: No, stop it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I think that's quite weird. Like negotiating on price just makes me oddly uncomfortable. Like I'll do it when it's, you know, appropriate, like in those last two scenarios I mentioned, but I just really don't feel like I want to do it in a game. Also, when you can buy skills that reduce the prices in the world, I feel like that is an an unnecessary skill to put in a tree. Like, I get its benefit, but is that really exciting? Is that fun gameplay? Right. You've just spent a skill point on something that just makes shit cheaper. That's also not realistic. I'd like to know where the skill tree that I can buy that makes everything in my life cheaper, where <laughs> does that exist? You know, like, yeah. I, it, it's such a weird oxymoron. So that's my last one. Hate, hate, hate. Hate, hate, hate.
0: Hate, hate, hate. Hate, hate, hate. Well, uh, I have a few more, actually. Um but I imagine that we can we can whip through these and we'll probably both have a little bit of feedback. The first one is, and this is a minor one, but it's still one that I think uh, it's, it, it causes a, a minor annoyance and sometimes a major annoyance. It really just depends, is limited bag space uh, or having bag space uh, issues that actually have, have tangible effects on the character, like in Fallout. If I'm carrying a refrigerator realistically that is going to make you run slower however i'm in a video game and so i don't care that i have to carry this refrigerator cuz i got to get it someplace so that i can get it you know broken down into parts so that i can build you know a nuclear weapon so i shouldn't have to be punished for carrying this refrigerator in this imaginary world uh, and it makes me run slower so that I can't escape people or I can't chase people or I can't get out of the way
1: uh,
0: because I, I'm carrying all these items, you know. And so I, I get it. It's it's a small nitpicky thing. Um, it does add to the realism and immersion to games, but it's also super annoying. It, it, let's say you're not carrying and, you know, you're just carrying 61 swords in Skyrim. Well, uh, maybe I needed all those swords. Maybe I didn't, but you shouldn't be the one to tell me whether I can or can't. I should be able to carry them if I want to. Uh,
1: well, it's a game. It's supposed to be fun. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And you know what? I'm going to sell them. I'm not hoarding them. Maybe I am hoarding them. But, you know, don't make me choose.
1: I agree. I agree. I agree. You <laughs> You're should here. hoard what you dilly want. Right for life. <laughs> um,
0: forced stealth missions. Forced Stealth missions uh, are stupid. They're super stupid. Uh, they're very frustrating. And and I have very specific examples, too, of when this is just bad. When it was done and it was just unnecessary and it's unfun. And that's the opposite of games. Forced, forced Stealth in Spider-Man 4, when you have to play, this is a bit of a spoiler. Uh, you don't have a PlayStation. So um, anyone else that doesn't want to have these two minor spoilers about stealth missions fast forward a couple minutes Uh, but in spider-man 4 or spider-man on ps4 you have to do a few missions as mj where you have to sneak around and do things and then you have to do a few missions as miles morales who is you know the other spider-man or is a spider-man as well uh, that uh, just are so out of place in the game where you're not batman you're two people who have no skills other than, you know, uh, a radio and the, you know, the, the ability to sneak, I guess. Uh, you know, Spider-Man is who you've been playing this whole time. And so you completely switch your mechanics. You completely switch everything that you've been doing to play the game. So there's no swinging. There's no there's no strategy in how you want to play some of your little spider gadgets and stuff like that. You just have to make sure that people don't see you because it's an automatic insta-death. So you sneak around, you push this toolbox over so that everybody has to go over there and they you distract them so you can run out the door. It's just it's so different than what you're doing in the game that it's super annoying and unnecessary. Like I I I felt like if you pulled those parts of the game out, you did not lose anything in the story. Oh my God. Yeah, it's frustrating. Well on the flip side of it though, when you force me out of stealth to to play a game the way that I that I was not under the impression that I had to play that way, for instance, and I've used this example multiple times, uh, just in how things are done wrong. <laughs> but in Deus Ex, I think it's Mankind Divided. There is a boss fight with this big brute that you you have to you have to melee him. You have to go toe to toe with him. You cannot stealth him. And I have played that game all the way up to that point. 100% stealth. So every every uh character ability point, every upgrade I had, everything was geared towards being stealthy. And so everything was useless with this within this boss fight. And it's the only boss fight I know of in the game that's like this. And so and there is there's no option. There's no option to stealth uh, to stealth, use stealth mode on this particular boss. So you're forced into a gameplay mechanic that you're not even prepared for. And if you actually built your character a particular way, then it would make the boss fight incredibly difficult. And so, you know, not, forcing a player into a particular game mode when you gave the impression that this is how the game can be played or that the game could be played any way you want to, but forcing them into another type of game play mode, I think is... Garbage and trash and stupid and shouldn't be done.
1: Yeah, no, look, I I agree because I usually play stealth. Right. And that's yeah. Super annoying.
0: It's super annoying when you get pulled out of that. Um, I have two more uh, that I think that you might have some feedback on. So I'm just gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna just start with the title of it or just with the with the trope, and then I want to hear what you think about it. So another trope that needs to to be be gone are ambiguous dialogue choices and what i mean by that are if you've got a, a this you know a clear paragon and a clear you know rebel uh, what's the what was the other one you had paragon and you had uh in massive renegade. renegade so you got renegade and paragon if you have a clear renegade and a clear paragon but then you've got this ambiguous choice this ambiguous choice that that doesn't it, it doesn't have any bearing when you make that choice nothing happens or when you make that choice, it appears, like, in the game, it appears like something is going to happen, but in the end, nothing happens. This is this is something that happens in uh, the, the Walking Dead games, where you have ambiguous choices, but then you make a choice, and it says that, oh, so-and-so is going to remember that, or so-and-so, you know, was displeased, or whatever. But in the end, it didn't change anything, you know? There was just... It's like, it's like oh, you yeah. made the choice for point. Yeah. It's just point. It's like the illusion of a choice. It was, it was, and I'm sure it's very difficult to write these games and to make it to where these choices matter. But I mean, on the flip side of this, you have Detroit become human. Every single thing that you said in that game for the most part, it seemed like every single thing you said in that game had an effect. When you start looking at the trees like the the dialogue trees and then the decision trees at the end of each level, and you can see all the different ways that you could have gone. I mean, it is unreal how many choices that you have in that game and how many different ways things could play out. It's incredible. And I know how hard that is. Well, I don't. I can only assume it. I know it's difficult, uh, but I just think that if you're gonna write a choice in there, then make there be a consequence of some sort. You know, have have it have some weight. Or, or just don't put it in there. Just give me two choices. You know, Paragon, Renegade, and then just go with it that way. That's my opinion. Anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. With my have you played any games that have, uh, besides Walking Dead, that kind of have choices that just seem to not matter? Um, I mean, are they in? are they in Dragon Age? Were there any decisions you could make there that just didn't seem to matter?
1: No, actually, Dragon Age is one of the ones where I feel like they do that quite well. I think... Maybe in some of the fallouts, I felt like it was a no-win scenario. Uh, like, it no. didn't matter which side that you chose. Like, certain things were going to happen. No, I mean, I know that's how a story works, but I did feel like you got a lot of times the same ending, even if you did seemingly very different things. So, that's the best... Uh,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, that's right up the—that's up the alley. That's exactly what we were talking about. So, um, yeah. and then the last one uh, that I think we can all—and this has probably been on every list—but I was just trying to think of things that really annoyed me. And escort quests, where the escort is just a dumbass, and and can <laughs> get you killed. Yeah. In my opinion, if, if there was a
1: real scenario, they wouldn't do that.
0: No, they wouldn't do that. Or if they did, I mean, it would be a really short game and much less fun to play that game. Um, but there's, there, they've done a good job. Like I'm okay. I am all for you having other people in your party uh, that you know that that either assist you or they're a part, or you kind of have to protect them. However, yeah. I say that, and this is this is uh, the game. Um, Last of Us did this really well but there were also people that didn't like this where you may have two people in your party with you so there may be three of you that are sneaking around and there's only enough room for two people behind this one cabinet so one of them is standing up. Well, NPCs can't see that person so just because that person's standing up it doesn't bring attention to where you're hiding and that's fine with me because that doesn't take me out of the game. I'm really not worried about them. I shouldn't be worried about them unless I engage, and then you know all the enemies come and I have to save them. That's fine. I don't mind doing it then because I made that decision. I didn't have somebody all of a sudden, you know, start yelling and going in into fight and <laughs> starting this battle without me, uh, which happens sometimes in, with other NPCs. Um, it happens. Uh, it happened in Gears of War um it happens in uh oh well, i'm some of the resident evil games where you have escort quests and you and the escort can actually die and they are super annoying oh. you know silent hill did Jeez. this
1: between between that and companions like the companions in fallout they just start fights all over the place <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> exactly
0: the, the or the companions in skyrim i mean you you have this yeah exactly so uh, having companions or escort quests where you have to, um, uh, you have to escort someone who's just obviously doesn't get it. They're thick. They make stupid decisions, um, that, that those just have to go. So I don't know how you do it any other way than the way the last of us did, where you just make them basically invisible until you trigger the action. Um, cause I'm not taken out of the game. Like I said, if, if, if they are you know, just standing there like an idiot, and but nobody can see yeah. him. You know, I'm okay with that. I'm completely okay with that, um, as long as it's you know they didn't voluntarily do that just to bring attention to to me.
1: Yeah, I feel like I feel like if the escort quests you directed them to a safe place and then cleared ahead and then called for them, you know what I mean, and they, right. you know. Ran over really the computer made them run over really quickly that would make sense or like if they were a child or something and you were shooting while holding on to them
0: well if you could also map a you know an action to a particular button so say you know you hit this button and then you tell your escort and say uh, you know you y'all hide you know you find a safe place yeah. and then that just they automatically go someplace. And so I don't have to like point over there or anything. You say, hey, you find a safe place. I'm going to go ahead. And then then you hit the button back. You did that. I mean, you could map that on uh, Mass Effect, the first one. And I think all three of them actually. And the new one where you could you could target a place on the map and that will send your people there. Here you just hit the button and they go out off camera, off screen to a safe place and you could bring them back. I think that would be fine because they're useless usually anyway.
1: See, we solved these things. I'm telling you, just listen. Bloody sorted it. (laughs) Oh, well. Bless me. Well, I think we've whinged enough for one bloody episode, Matt. I think so.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So if you – exactly. Just complain, complain, complain. So if you have any suggestions, comments, feedback – other tropes you think uh, that you should uh, that we should get rid of in games, go ahead and leave those in the comments uh, and let us know what you guys think. So that wraps up this episode of the Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. Thank you very much, Amanda. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, geek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion, like I said, or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and subscribe, so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us, because that really helps our show. Until the next time.
1: See you later.